Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Well, I don't see a need to wear the mask in studio, Gavin. We're not in the same room. You're behind a wall of glass, and we're not even in the same zip code. Ass. The following podcast contains... Wait. Are you saying what I think you're saying? What did you just say? Is that allowed? Finally didn't say Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you got thrown out of Costco to demonstrate how manly you are, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is Friday, May 22nd, 2020. You're not the boss of me now edition of the show, where we examine the latest in right-wing stupid infecting others for freedom. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Frankie's Freedom Warehouse, where Americans can shop like they're in America. Are you tired of being oppressed by those snowflake liberal corporate warehouse stores with their liberty-infringing rules and dress codes? Do you just want to shop as Washington and Jefferson intended with, with Lord Jesus given rights to do whatever you damn well please? Are you looking for a place where semi-automatic weapons are worn openly, but only Zionist New World Order lackeys wear a face mask? Then come to Frankie's Freedom Warehouse for all your bulk purchase needs. From slabs of huge goddamn beef hides to huge rolls of shit paper, Frankie's has it. You know what Frankie's doesn't have? Masks, because only pussies wear masks. So get your freedom-loving ass down to Frankie's Freedom Warehouse, where no one can tell you anything except to pay for the shit you buy. We interrupt this sponsored content to inform you that Frankie's Freedom Warehouse is currently closed because Frankie died yesterday from COVID-19. I just put you on my 3,000 follower Instagram feed, mostly local. Hi everyone, I work for Costco and I'm asking this member to put on a mask because that is our company policy. So either wear the mask And I'm not doing it because I woke up in a free country. Have a great day. So you're going to take this cart from me. Sir, have a great Pull day. Pull the stuff. You are no longer welcome here in our warehouse. You need to leave. Thank you very here, much. you put it on. I'll give you my cart. He's going to take the cart away because he's a pussy little bitch. There he is, walking away with all my stuff. There he goes. Because I'm not a fucking sheep. I'm a red-blooded American white man, meaning that I do not have to follow any rules that I don't like. Look it up. It's right there in the Constitution. No, I don't think it is, sir. It's probably in there. I mean, who has time to read the whole thing? The problem with this has always been that my interpretation of that possibly non-existent constitutional right is at odds with so many so-called authority figures. Like my mom, who oppressed my freedom with every chance she got. She would see me strolling out the back door with a gas with a can of gasoline and a book of matches and be all like, What the hell do you think you're doing? And when she refused to listen to my interpretation of the Bill of Rights, she whipped my ass and told me I was being a fool. And I learned from that experience. I did. 
I learned that to exist in a society, you have to at least appear to be following the rules. I learned that if I wanted to spell a very bad word in flaming letters 10 foot long, I couldn't just stroll around with a gas can and matches. I learned to convince my cousin to get that shit because his mom wasn't a freedom-hating killjoy. Oh, your mother must be so proud of you. <laughs> Clearly, I'm exaggerating for comedic effects. There's no way those letters were going to be close to that big. And also... I'm not a thick-witted dumb shit who believes I'm entitled by my genitals and skin tone to ignore rules when it suits my fancy. That sounds reasonable. It isn't so much being reasonable as experience. Hard-won experience over many years of being a real shithead and suffering the consequence for my actions. Sure, I could have just listened to the people when they told me that the rules were not only for the good of everyone, but also for the good of me. But I just had to drink that whole bottle of Everclear and try to drive home. Fortunately for me, I uh, passed out on the hood of the car and got a horrible sunburn rather than killing a family of six in a Ren Fair parking lot. What is it that makes some Americans, mostly men but not all, believe they are too important to follow rules they personally dislike? Is it our deep but abiding love of freedom? No, I don't think so. Or is it that we as a nation are a bunch of pig-headed contrarians who resist being told what to do even when it's clearly in our best interest that we do so? Yes, that's the one. I'm old enough to remember when mandatory seatbelt laws were the worst government tyranny ever to be imposed on Americans since the fucking Stamp Act. Let me educate you younglings for a second, who are clearly sitting there with your mouth agape at the idea that wearing a seatbelt was ever at all controversial. Seat ropes have been around in cars pretty much since their beginning, but they were hardly ever common. In the 1930s, doctors began installing their own seat belts in their roadsters because, being doctors, they saw what happened when an object moving at speed crashes into another object, either in motion or fixed in place. They urged car, car companies to put them and put in lap belts, but none of them did until 1950 when Nash put lap belts in a couple of models. In 1955, a group of automotive engineers formed a committee on safety restraints in cars, and by 56, you had the option of getting a lap belt in your car. It was Volvo that began installing your standard three-point seat belts in cars in 1959, but again, wearing them, very much optional. Now... To a reasonable human being, it seems clear that the simple act of putting on your seatbelt is simple, convenient, and a really fucking easy way to increase your odds of not becoming a pile of goo should you get involved in an accident. So everyone would want to wear them, right? But my Americans were all like, Well, you don't know me, so you don't know, do you? And it took until 1970 for the laws to mandate company companies even install seatbelts in all cars coming off the assembly line. And no one used them. It took until 1985 for the states to start introducing mandatory seatbelt laws and until 1995 for every state to get them, get them passed. Well, not every state. There's still one state that doesn't have mandatory seatbelt laws because they are ride and literally die with their state motto. New Hampshire? Live free or die, motherfucker. Even after it was made abundantly clear by science and just even a few people dying in car crashes that seatbelts save lives, there was and is a portion of the population who look upon seatbelt laws as a gross violation of their civil rights. We call these people all fucking morons. They probably have a different preferred phrase. I don't know, probably like libertarians or something. 
and they challenge mandatory seatbelt laws since their inception on the grounds that mandatory seatbelt laws infringe upon their personal liberty to go flying through the windshield. They go on further to cite studies which indicate that some people are more likely to drive dangerously because of the false sense of invulnerability that comes with wearing a seatbelt and furiously insist that their car be in their private property and their body be in their business and not the government's unless you want to talk about a woman getting an abortion so they cannot be compelled to wear a seatbelt by the state. And time and time again, the courts have told these people to sit down and shut up because the states have the inherent right to protect the welfare of the people in their state, even if the people don't want said protection, particularly when those people do not want said protection because those are specifically the kind of people who need it the most because they are either mentally undeveloped, underdeveloped or intentionally stupid and often both. They need to be protected from themselves and quite frequently others need to be protected from them, which brings me to wearing a fucking mask. I'm gonna be honest. I don't like it. Definitely not a fan. They're hot, uncomfortable, and make me constantly want to touch my face to move the around because they are itchy. When I was a vet tech, I hated assisting in surgery because I had to wear that fucking mask. But you know what? I'll, I'll wear the mask. I'll wear the mask because it's a minor inconvenience and shows that I care about the welfare of other people. And most importantly, sends a clear signals to others that I am not an asshole. You might remember when all this started, there was much controversy on whether or not people needed to wear a mask. The conventional wisdom at the time was masks did very little to prevent the spread of the Rona. I remember them saying Well, three months and 14,000 years and 100,000 dead Americans later, the conventional wisdom has changed. From the Mayo Clinic website, quote, so why weren't masks recommended at the start of the pandemic? At that point in time, experts didn't know the extent to which people with COVID-19 could spread the virus before symptoms appeared. Nor was it known that some people have COVID-19 but don't have any symptoms. Both groups can unknowingly spread the virus to others. These discoveries led the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention to do an about-face on face masks. The CDC updated its guidance to recommend widespread use of simple cloth face coverings to help prevent the transmission of COVID-19 by people who have the virus but don't know it, unquote. You see, human beings are disgusting little factories of fluids that we spew into the air whenever we open our dumb mouths to blather on about things we don't know shit about. Pot meets the kettle at last. So on a good day, we go about just shedding disgusting little flecks of our substance all throughout the environment, landing all over everything and everyone we come into contact. Should we happen to be carrying the Rona and not know it, we are shedding that shit all over the place. Now, if you slap a bandana over your yap hole, you automatically limit the amount of putrescence you spew out into the atmosphere and the distance it can travel. If other people wear a ba that bandana, they automatically limit the amount of the, your gunge they're exposed to when you chug out your plague germs for everyone. Does wearing one re make you immune to the disease? No, but it does reduce the risk of infection. Combine a mask with distance, good hygiene, and keeping your fucking yapper closed more than open, and dramatically reduce the chances of infection or infecting others, all at no more than the cost of a hot face and an itchy nose. And, and we can all go outside again. It's what everyone wants. 
not just liberals or angry MAGA chuds waving their ill-lettered, poorly spelled signs around demanding the state allow them to go back and get their ex-wife's name covered up with a new tattoo of Charlie Daniels or something. I don't know what these people do, but we all agree that we are tired of being stuck at home and would like to go back to some semblance of normal life. One of the ways this can happen is if every fucking Yahoo wears a fucking mask. It seems simple easy not a big deal we can all have what we want if we do this one tiny little thing so problem solved yeah not so much not so much solved and now it's an all new fucking problem it seems the latest in our endless rounds of pointless culture wars is now going to be over mask one on one hand you know there's science imperfect science with much still not known, but it's doing the best it can. On the other hand is, well, these people. Because you know that the company that you work for is lying to the American people. And you know that what you're doing is wrong at the end of the day. You know it, you see how nervous you are? You're shaking. You are sweating. Your glasses, you can't even see out of them. You're because terrified. I'm wearing my mask. Your mask is down underneath your nose again. You are terrifying the general public, you realize that. A small but extremely loud minority of Trump Americans adamantly refuse to wear a mask because, well, it isn't clear even to them. I mean, don't go looking for coherent reasoning in these people to begin with, but their rationale on face masks is even more incoherent. Take uh, Ohio State Representative Nino Vitale, a uh, <coughs> surprise Republican who posted on Facebook recently and quoted on Cleveland.com, quote, he ultimately concludes he won't wear a mask because of his religious belief. This is not the entire world, Vitaly said in the post from Monday. This is the greatest nation on earth, founded on Judeo-Christian principles. And one of those principles is that we are all created in the image and likeness of God. That image is seen the most by our face. I will not wear a mask. Um. Okay. Nina's logic appears to be, I, I guess if he wears a mask, that means God's nose would itch. I don't know what the fuck I can't follow his logic because he's not spewing any. And while Nino's logic is at least some kind of reasoning behind his idiocy, there are another group of mask resistant Americans, those and those guys, those guys, they're men who won't wear a mask because- What if I go gay? Exactly. From The Guardian, reporting on a study released by the University of Middlesex in England, quote, the survey conducted by American and British researchers also found that men are less likely to believe they'll be significantly impacted by COVID-19 than women, which is ironic because there's a huge amount of evidence showing that men are much more likely to die from coronavirus. Researchers are still trying to figure out whether it's due to biology or behavior. Interestingly, the study found gender differences in intention to wear face, face coverings basically disappeared where masks were made mandatory in public. In other words, men need to be forced to wear a mask more than women do. The fact that a significant number of men, including Donald Trump, think masks make them look weak is yet another reminder of how damaging gender stereotypes are. The pressure to seem tough doesn't just prevent men from wearing masks, it prevents them from expressing their emotions and seeking help for mental health problems. It's one of the reasons that men are 3.5 times more likely to die from suicide than women. Reluctance to show any sign of weakness also factors into why men don't go to the doctor as much as women do and why they are less likely to adopt preventative health measures, unquote. So, yeah, that jives with what I, what I know of men, 
being a man myself, I too sometimes have feelings of inadequacy and fear that others will see me as less than masculine when I display behavior that implies that I might have compassion for other human beings. God knows I wouldn't want people to think that I valued other lives as much as I valued my own. What kind of pussy would do something like that? I mean, heaven forbid others think that I am weak. Oh no, wait, I don't feel that way ever because I don't measure my self-worth by my cock. Maybe I'm just secure in my penis size so that I'm willing to wear a mask to protect others. And like, say, uh, you know, Donnie Shroomhead, whose entire life has been one long endeavor to get people to th believe that he isn't packing a thimble dick in those ill-fitting slacks. I mean, Mike Pence, I totally get it why he feels this way. If he wore a mask, he might just for a second find it fabulous. And before he knew it, he'd be blowing an entire bathhouse full of dudes and finally be happy for once in his sad fucking life. Now, there's another group. These are the constitutional law scholars whose extensive study of a shit post on Facebook has led them to conclude that they, as freedom-loving Americans, cannot be compelled to wear a mask. These people. These are your diehard MAGA heads. And for them to see Thimble Dick strutting around without a mask and think he is personally telling them not to wear one because Merca, they, they are the ones pitching a fucking fit when Costco won't let them shop without a mask. Storming state capital with semi-automatic weapons demandingly, they then demanded that they immediately be allowed to drink beer in bars and that poor people should go back to work to serve their petty needs like getting a Manny Patty. And they just might kill you if you try to force to wear them force them to wear a mask. Because again, Merca. The freedom lovers aren't concerned about the Rona because the Rona hasn't killed anyone they know. Yet Things are gradually getting better as we slowly slip into summer. Cases have plateaued and are actually falling in the hot spots like New York City. Many states have decided to reopen whether the cases are falling or not. Huge chunks of the country haven't really been impacted by the disease and they believe they won't be, be impacted by it. This goes against everything we know about diseases and against what has happened in history, like what happened in 1918 when everyone's convinced the worst was over and when the flu hadn't even really got started going yet and they came back in the fall and fucked shit up. Google's second way for some real horror stories, but uh, they will find out. It just depends on how many people they are willing to see to bury before they change their minds. I wish it was different, but it won't be. Now, none of this to say is that people won't get used to wearing masks. Here in NYC, we've largely adapted to the new mask normal. Oh, sure, a lot of people aren't wearing them correctly, and young people particularly seemed unwilling to don them, but the vast majority of us seem to be enduring them. Wearing them sucks, but so does killing people with our germs, so we wear the mask. Scientific American published an article on May 14th on what it will take to get Americans to cover their pie holes. I'm sure they didn't say it that way, but that's what they meant. They're scientific American. They can't just, you know, be gross. Quote, even for the large majority of Americans who are willing to follow public health guidances, masks have been an adjustment. They can be hot and uncomfortable. They impede communication and cover identifying features in a way that gloves do not. They feel, well, weird. 
but weird behaviors can become standard and long-standing customs can change. Behavioral scientists say that half a century ago, the idea of dog owners picking up their pet's waste was so controversial that in New York City, one prominent figure in the debate had a plastic bag of droppings thrown in her face at a public meeting. Yet pooper scooper laws are now in place in cities large and small. To bring about such change, new behavior must first descend to the status of social norms. Norms include both perception of how a group behaves and a sense of social approval for, or, or censure for violating that contact, conduct. The critical thing is to lock in that norm is that you believe that other people expect you to do it, says behavioral economist Cyan Bonhot of Swarthmore College. That expectation already exists in places like such as hard hit New York City, where those without masks are sometimes berated. The article goes on to extensively comment on how smoking laws have changed in America, largely without complaint, quote, Similarly, the first wave of evidence about the harms of smoking focused on the damage to smokers themselves and people and had no effect on smoking in public spaces. People thought individuals have the right to harm themselves, says psychologist J. Ban Bevel of NYU. It really started to change once we realized the consequences of secondhand smoke. Do you have a right to damage kids at school, your colleagues at work, or the staff at a restaurant? So far, 28 states in Washington, D.C. have said the answer is no and passed comprehensive smoke-free air laws, unquote. And there's the difference between mask smoking and seatbelt laws where we started all this bullshit out. You can convince people, given time and gentle influence, to behave in a way that benefits others or the society as a whole. Most smokers, I know myself included, have got no problem standing outside the freezing rain to feed our filthy fucking habits because we might be willing to suck down carcinogens into our lungs, but don't feel we have the right to do it to others. Hell, even with seatbelt laws, I knew any number of people back in the 90s who refused to wear a seatbelt themselves, but they made their kids wear one because they knew it would save lives. That's where we got to get the red-headed dipshits to be at. That wearing a mask is being fucking patriotic. You aren't giving up your rights. You're sacrificing for America. Like the boys didn't uniform back in the big one. We got to get the message that masks are as American as apple pie, baseball, and the systematic oppression of minorities, and we can get these fuckers behind a mask in a heartbeat. Hell, even Thimbalina is selling MAGA masks on his shitty website. So get yourself a mask to match, a mask to match your shitty fucking hat, Trump Americans. Do it for freedom. Do it for gamma. Do it to put cash in the grifter's fucking pocket, you simple-minded sheep. Whatever your motivation is, just wear the fucking mask so we can all go outside again. On Oops! The Podcast, join me, comedian Julio Gallarotti, as I examine everyday life, the mistakes, the bad decisions, the goals, the jokes, the social engagements, and all things in between. I'm joined every week by producer and personal confidant, Ryan Lynch, various other comedians for witty, candid, and intoxicating conversation. Our listeners love Oops! for sophisticated banter, aka your mom could listen, and many feel like they're in the room with us chopping it up with old pals. You can find every episode of the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. <laughs> that is it for our show this week i'm not kidding i really do hate wearing a mask the only good thing about it is i kind of look like a fat ninja in mine which if you're going to be fat you might as well be a fat ninja that's what my mom told me in her disappointed tones speaking of disappointment rate and review the show wherever you get your pods it helps others find the show and share your sense of disappointment in listening Follow the show on Twitter, the hell underscore podcast, or the show name on Facebook, and find more cool stuff at whatthehellpodcast.com. For me, Dave, I am in fact the boss of you, Gavin. Bledsoe, producer, life is unfair, Gavin, and all the fictional not-so-big people on this show. We want to say that life is a test, we must confess, and we like the mess we've made so far. 
We'll see you all next week. is unfair so I just stare at the stain on the wall where the TV been put ever since we've moved in it's been empty why I'm why I'm in this room there is no point explaining boss of me now and you're not so big you're not the boss of me now you're not the boss of me now you're not the boss of me now and you're not so big life is a test but i confess i like this mess i've made so far I have no ending for this, so I take a small bow. Seltzer Kings. Podcasts.